Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to talk again, returning to the Word. So, you know, we've been talking about that for the last few weeks. We talked about Jesus being the living Word. Uh, we talked about the Logos being the written Word of God. That's what this is. And then uh, the Rhema is the spoken Word. And last Wednesday night, we talked about why do we study the Word of God and went through some points and, and just understanding the why behind the how. You know, so many times we want to go into the mechanics of, of do this and this and this, but we really need to understand the why behind it and, and why we do what we do. And Sunday we talked about confessing the Word of God. The word confess, confession means say the same thing as. And it was pretty cool. On uh, Monday, Melissa, my wife here, went to the uh, eye doctor and so she calls me up after she went and, and said how to go and whatnot. And she goes, yeah, it's pretty cool. And she wasn't even like super excited. She goes, yeah, my, my eyesight improved. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, what? Your eyesight improved? You know what? At, you know what the world says, at our age, your eyesight's supposed to be getting worse and worse and, and whatnot. Um, she said, yeah, you know, it went from, so she only wears one contact, so she sees far with one eye and, and up close the other, you know, your body adjusts to that or whatever. And she goes, yeah, they, they had a 1.5 contact in there and they went, went, it was better, it was actually a 1.25. And of course, Sunday we just talked about speaking the word. And of course, the Bible teacher was like, what happened? And she goes, well, believe it or not, she goes, I've, I've been, you know, confessing those Charles Capps confessions. And, uh, you know, they've been working. And it's just funny how your initial reaction is like, what, really? Like, like the word actually works, you guys. You know, I mean, it just does. And I mean, that's proof positive. That's a testimony right there. And, you know, a, a week or two ago, we talked about divine health as well. You know, she does some intermittent fasting and, and eats really good, so keeping inflammation out of your body. So we do what we know to do in the supernatural, which is confessing the Word of God. We also do what we know to do in the natural, right? And both of those work together, and we walk in divine health as a result of that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, heard from Sam down at, at camp, all the youth that are down at uh, uh, Branson at the Champions for Christ, and, and they're doing great. He said a lot of the youth, they really had kind of their first main meetings yesterday, and, and he said, man, many of the youth, God is already touching them, and uh, we got a picture of our, our two youngest boys, Nick and Max, like hugging, you know, it brings a, a tear to your eye. You know, you just want not only your family, obviously your church family, but everybody to be in unity, you know, and, and you always want your, your kids just to just to do better in life, right? Not to make the, the foolish choices that like Melissa and I made and when we were young and, and just set them out on a, on a different path. And, and, and it's just awesome down there and what, what's happening. But keep praying for them. That's why I bring that up. Amen, that, that God would touch each and every one of them. You know, not just our kids, but, but the other ones there. Because Pastor Mike always says that, that the move of God always comes through that younger generation. They've got passion, they've got zeal. And sometimes like, I know when we started out in business, we were... I always say we were kind of too dumb to know how hard it was and, and what was coming and whatnot. And that is a good thing a lot of times, right? 
you know, so uh, keep praying for them. That's the main thing. Next Sunday, we've got, or this Sunday coming up, we've got Dr. Mark Barclay is going to be in town. Uh, he's going to be ministering the word on Sunday, just a fantastic teacher of the word, a, a prophet, so I, I'm not sure what he's going to bring, but, but he's our pastors. Pastor Mike and Vicki, he's their pastor, okay? So just, you know, come, bring friends, and Pastor Mike and Vicki will be back as well, which is exciting. So uh, Pastor Vicki's feeling better after having a, a surgery and whatnot and been, been recovering and again, continue to pray for them as well. So, all right, let's get into it. How to study the Bible here. The first scripture we're gonna go to is Isaiah chapter 55. And if you're a a guest here tonight, um, Wednesday nights we do a little bit more Bible teaching where Sunday mornings is maybe a little bit more preaching and whatnot, a little more worship and stuff, but uh, both are great. Uh, So we're just uh, glad you're here tonight if you're you're our guest. And uh, we we just pray that you'd feel welcome. We we want you to know we love you even though we don't know you, but we love people and pastors love people. And uh, we're we're really glad you're here. So here's some crazy statistics. 80% of all Americans did not read a book this year. Hopefully you're not in that 80% category. 70% of American adults have not bought a book in five years. 58% of Americans never read a book after high school. Uh, 42% of university graduates never read another book in their life. And only 10% of people who buy a book actually read it past the first chapter. And I know that's none of you all tonight. You're, you're the Wednesday night crew. You're readers. And I understand. You know, it's 2023. We've got YouTube. We've got podcasts. We've got all kinds of different things. Why do I say that? I want you to just really fall in love with learning because I was one of those statistics. You know my story. I, if it wasn't Muscle and Fitness or Flex Magazine or Sports Illustrated, I wasn't reading it. You know, I, I swore off all of that, you know, after high school and college. But, you know, you can get in and just, just falling in love with learning. Not, not just the Word of God, but, but definitely the Word of God, but other things that you're interested in as well. Become an expert at whatever it is that you do for, for business or, or for your career. Become experts at, you know, different areas. And, and I'll tell you, it doesn't take long for you just to grow and, and, and rise above the rest. You know, going back to that divine health, reading about Dr. Colbert and some of the things that he's been writing. You know, I, I've been in health and fitness for 25 years before being in the, into ministry. And, and I'll tell you what, he's got some great revelation. It's been fun to go back and, and read some of that stuff. And I've learned a lot, even though you know, you're never too old to learn something. That's the biggest thing. You know, whether it's in books or, or from your kids or, or definitely from one another. Amen? Charlie, Charlie Tremendous Jones, he said this. He said, you'll be the same, in the same place in five years as you are today, except for the books that you read and the people that you meet, right? So books, and, and of course, we're talking about how to study the, the best book, right? The Bible tonight. But again, this is what is going to change you. It's what's changed my wife and changed I. You know, uh, you know our story back uh, 2001, getting arrested for drug trafficking. I mean, it was the word of God. It was Jesus. He changed everything. Amen. You know, getting us out of addiction and, and all the crazy lifestyle we were living. You know, we didn't go through any programs or anything like that. It was Jesus Christ and him crucified and putting this word and feasting on this word. And the, water, the washing of the water of the word, the word came in and it washed out all that garbage. 28 years in my life of stinking thinking, right? Walking down, doing things my own way. You know, the view never changed. I'd change this, I'd change that. But again, it, I had to change from the inside. You can't change yourself. Only Jesus can change you. And that's just the truth of the matter. I'm sorry if you don't agree with it, but that is the truth. I'm proof positive. I'm looking at other people in here that are are proof positive, positive of that as well. 
that Jesus is the one that, that changes us. Amen? So here's what we're going to learn tonight. We're going to learn a few basic tools to use to study the Bible. I'm going to take you through three types of, of translations, and I'm going to tell you what the best translation is tonight. You're going to find it out here. Amen? What the best translation is. Any ideas? Methods of study in the Bible, that's the third thing we're going to look at, okay? So what the best method is. So the word study, we talked about this last week. The Bible definition of the word study is to grasp an understanding of God through his word. So this is how we meet God. It's through the Bible, amen? Through spending time in this. This is how God speaks to us. The majority of the time is, is through his word, amen? All right, so why do we read and study the Bible. It's not just to gain knowledge, but it's, it's to develop a relationship with God. That's, that's the main reason, to find out who Jesus is and to, to, to learn about him and, and become more like him, become the hands and feet of Jesus. As you spend more time with him, that's what will happen. You'll, you'll, you'll become more like him. Isaiah chapter 55, are you there yet? Okay, verse eight and nine, it says this. It says, for my thoughts, this is, this is God here, speaking through the prophet. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I said it earlier, basically, we, we become who we hang around. Who we spend time with is who we're going to become like. The books we read, the people that we meet and, and hang around, right? So the more time that we spend around God, the more that we're going to become like him. Now, we don't become gods in and of ourselves, nothing like that, but we become like him. We think like him, we act like him, we do the things that, that he does, and, and you know, we love people the way that he loves people, and, 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 and again, are the hands and feet of Jesus. I was talking to uh, Max, our youngest son, he's 14 years old, last week, and somehow we kind of got on the topic of, of hearing from God. You know, I told him, I said, you know, at times I, I said, I don't feel like I, I hear from God the way that I should. You know, we, we compare ourselves a lot of times. Anybody, anybody compare themselves to other people? You know, I, I'll, I'll compare myself and, and hear people say, oh, the, the Lord said this, and oh, yep, yep, Lord. You know, it's like they're always hearing from God. But I said, you know, here's what I realized is as I look back over my life, you know, serving God now since 2001, I can see just every step of the way how the Lord was there. Even when I made wrong choices, he was still there to correct things and, and direct things. And, and, and so you're hearing from God because you're spending time in the word. So when you're, when you're reading the Bible, his thoughts, right? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So when you're living in the world, you do things the way that the world does things. But then when you come in and you become a Christian and you spend time in the word of God, his thoughts as you're reading, as you're reading the words, these are God's thoughts. And these thoughts come into your mind and go into your spirit, and they become your, your thoughts. And so when you're out in your workplace and your, your marriage as a, as a parent, just in your day-to-day -day activities, you are thinking the way that God is thinking as you're walking and doing things, you know, in your normal daily, daily activity. And then there's just no variation there. You know, of course we hear from God, you know, kind of as that inward thought at, at times, which is awesome. But just recognize when you're making decisions and whatnot, when you've been spending time with God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And, and, and the thoughts, that, the impressions that come up into your mind, you know, are there because of, of you spending time with God. Does that make sense? Okay. So some Bible study tools. The first tool you got to have if you study the Bible is a Bible. 
Amen? This Harvard-level teaching here tonight, you have to have a Bible if you're going to study the Bible. Amen? That is step one with this. Now, your Bible is going to have a few things, and I'm going to go over the very basics. There's a, a table of contents in the beginning, and, and the Bible is made up of 66 different books, right? There's, there's 39 books in the Old Testament, and some people call the Old Testament actually the Hebrew Bible. So it was written in Hebrew and a little bit of Aramaic. And then you have the New Testament, which is, is 27 books in there. That's the majority of it is written in Greek, the original text, and a little bit of it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're written in Aramaic, okay? And so, you know, that's where the, the original texts are in those original languages. Now, I don't speak Hebrew or Greek, so we, we have various translations and whatnot. And there's over 70 translations, which is pretty crazy. And again, I'm going to tell you what the best translation is tonight. Now, some other tools that I would recommend you have, definitely have a journal. You know, I remember, you know, again, starting out in business when I wasn't reading books and I had a guy give me a journal. I was like, okay, I don't read books and this book doesn't have any words in it. So like, what am I going to do with this book, not that I would read it anyway, but he was like, no, just write down thoughts and ideas and, and if you're at meetings and whatnot, and it's the same way when you're in church, writing down scriptures, right? So you can go back and study them. And there's an old saying that it says, don't leave your future or don't leave your fortune up to your memory. You know what, if you're sitting here or you're sitting at home and, and you have a million dollar idea and you don't have somewhere to write that down, and then later on you're like, man, what was that idea? And you can't remember it. And you're like, well, if it was a million-dollar idea, of course I'd remember it. You might be surprised. Because sometimes you just get one idea, and then it's, it's praying that idea out, and then God unfolding the rest of it. And, and having a journal, I think, is a great thing to do. My wife is an expert at that. When she's reading other books and reading the Bible, she's always sitting there journaling along. I'm not as good with it, but, you know, sat here for, you know, 20 years just, just sitting there under Pastor Mike taking notes. Amen? And, and just learning under them. Another thing to have is a, is a dictionary. Now, I don't own a physical dictionary. I, I use Google. But having some sort of dictionary, I would recommend the older dictionaries are the better dictionaries. Okay? You can, so if you're looking up a word, like that word study that we looked at up earlier, you know, if you look in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, which is a newer dictionary, I don't like the definition of that as well. So what do I do? I, I type in the word study What's the definition? What's the biblical definition? That's what I'll do. And then that'll expound on that and it'll say from a biblical viewpoint, that's what the word study means or the word anger or jealousy or, or, or faith or whatever it is that, that you're looking to you know, learn more about. Amen? And then in a lot of Bibles, you've got center references. I love, um, there's very, this is a Kenneth Copeland Word of Faith study Bible. It's got some of his thoughts in there. But in the middle here, you know, when you're reading the Bible, when you're reading uh, verses and whatnot, you can go over and you can find, it's like a chain, right? You can find other scriptures that line up with that. The Bible says, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And that's one, one great way to study is so you're reading and, and you've got a thought and then you go over and you look at it and then you go maybe, you know, something that's said in Luke and then you go and see what Matthew said about that same subject and that's one way to, you know, kind of expound on the Bible and, and, and it, it just enriches that with that. So that's, uh, that's called a center reference. And not every Bible has that, but it's good to have one that does. And um, there's something called a, a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. Pastor Vicki, she, she's a very, you know, studious uh, person of the Word. She loves that. Like, that's one of her favorite tools when she studies the Bible is the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. And then it's having a Strong's Concordance. And again, nowadays, 
the strongest concordance I use is digital. You know, it's on Bible Hub, which we'll talk about a couple of those in a moment. But a Strong's Concordance, what it does is it provides an index to the Bible, okay? Um, you can look up, in, again, in the original Greek or the Aramaic or the Hebrew, what the original root word meant. Because, again, it's, it's like, um, you know, you take the word, so the word please in English. What's the word please in Spanish? Por favor, right? Isn't that it? Anybody know? Por favor. So it's like, that's a translation, right? You've got please and you've got por favor. And it's the same way with this. So you've got the English or you've got the, the Greek or the Hebrew, and then you've got the English translation of it. And again, that's why there's so many different translation with that. But with the Strong's Concordance, that's when you can go in and look up those words, you know, and see where, all, where those words are all at in the Bible. You, you go and look up the word love or even the word word. Um, charity, uh, anger, any, any word that you want to go look up, you look that up in there and it'll tell you how many times it's in the Bible and then it'll have reference of where it is that you can go in and find that and you can study that out. Amen. You know, and that's a great thing to do if you're, you're maybe battling something. You know, maybe you're battling anger or depression or fear or uh, anxiety or, or whatever it is. And you can go in there and you can do a word study on that and then you can find scriptures and what I say earlier the washing of the water of the word. So then you take God's thoughts and what he says, you know, let's say anger. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. It says, be, be quick to listen, slow to speech, slow to wrath or slow to anger. And so you take those words and you start putting them in and you start meditating on those words. And then when you find yourself in a situation where, man, you're ready to, to fly off the handle and get angry, no, the word of God is in you and, and you start thinking of that and, and it kind of puts a buffer there. And that's what begins to change you. And before you know it, you're not flying off the handle anymore. You're sitting at a stoplight and the person in front of you is on their phone and it doesn't even bother you anymore. It's like no big deal, right? You're cool as a cu cucumber. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen, Melissa. Amen. So the Bible app, there's a, there's a slide that they've got up there with, with the Bible app. This is, a, you know, I, I'm sure most of you have this. This is a great thing to have on your phone. I, I, I love having a physical Bible. I know a lot of people, you know, when you come to church now, you, you use a phone or, or an app, you know, nothing wrong with that, but I still like having a physical Bible as well. I, I feel like, you know, you get agility in there and whatnot, but this Bible app, it's got a lot of different things in there. It's got a daily devotional that you could use. So again, you're, you're to feast on the word on a daily basis. You wouldn't go a week without eating food, would you? Unless you're on maybe a fast or something. But you think about this. If, if you go, you know, if you said, however much you've eaten the word, how much, however much you've read the word in the last week, now for the next week, we're going to feed you that same amount of food. How would that go for you? Right? We need to feed our spirit on a daily basis right? We start talking about fasting our, our flesh and not eating, man, we get hungry immediately. And it needs to be the same way with the Bible. And I alluded to that uh, last Wednesday night where it's, it's like the opposite, right? When you're, when you're hungry for food, the more you eat, the fuller you get, and then the, the hunger goes away. But see, we're not naturally hungry for the Bible, for the Word of God. But once you get into the Bible and you start reading it, you develop more and more of a hunger then. Amen? And, but you got to start. you got to discipline yourself to, to get the thing going, to get some momentum going with it, to, to create that hunger. Remember, discipline creates dis discipline. Action creates action. When you're sitting there in inactivity, it's going to breathe that inactivity. Does that make sense? 
there's 72 versions of the Bible all in that, in that Bible app. And there's plans, Bible plans on everything imaginable. So when you're in there at the very bottom, I love with new people, I love to do Bible, like various plans. You know, there's plans on anxiety, somebody that's new to faith. There's, there's plans on marriage and dating. There's plans on leadership, on prayer, on anger, healing, love, depression, pride, wisdom. You name it, there's a plan in there. And how do those plans work? You know, I, I always tell people, pick a plan that's about five days long. So then you can go through it in a week and you can have a buffer of a couple days if in case you miss a day, you'll get through the whole five-day plan in, in seven days. And, and so maybe it is a plan on, on, uh, on maybe marriage. You know, let's say Melissa and I are doing that plan with another couple. So we go in there and, and we read it. You know, it'll usually have a thought on, on the top part. That's kind of the devotional part. And then on the, you know, the next part will be a couple scriptures that go along with those thoughts. And those scriptures you can sit and meditate and, and think on. And again, that's getting you some spiritual nourishment in there. That's one way to do it. Amen? That's, that's a, a good way. You know, and, and I'm going to talk about, a lot of it is going to be basic tonight. We're going to start at kind of the basics and, and grow up. And here's the deal. If you're just starting out with this, that's totally fine. If you've been doing this for quite a while and, and you've never really got in and studied your Bible before, that's all right as well. You're at where you're at. But again, it's, it's time to to pop the clutch and, and start moving forward with it. If you've been doing this for years, this is a, a great way for you to, to help a newer person and, and, and how they can get started with it. Amen? But again, you know, studying your Bible. So, so that Bible app is, is really good. And if you do it with a friend, it's kind of like Facebook. You can be, become friends on there. And then when, when they uh, read it, they can maybe post a thought in there that you and, and that person can see you post a thought in there. And there's an accountability there then. Right? And as you're maybe discipling somebody or, or leading a new person, you can, you can be walking through that with them. I know in, in youth, um, they're doing the Survivor Series this summer, but one of the things that they're doing on a weekly basis is this very thing. So Max and Nick are on, on Liz's team, so she's been picking various plans each week, and then they're going in and reading those plans, and then they're, they're commenting on there, and then they get points for it. And hey, whatever you got to do. But that's a good way to, to, again, get the Word of God into you. Amen? Another uh, digital form is, is BibleGateway.com. And, and this has a ton of various translations. So typically when, when I'm studying to, to present, to minister, this is where I'm at a lot of times. So I'm, I'm typing in a scripture, and I'll usually have the King James or New King James, and then I'll have a parallel to it, which I might have the Amplified or the New Living Translation or a, a different translation in there, you know. And, um, you know, I, I love doing that because it, it kind of enhances it. The Bible that I own is actually King James on one side and Amplified on the other. Because King James is, again, it's written in 1611. Nothing wrong with it, but again, in, in 2023, our, our communication, our speech, our language is different, so it's, it's not to the brand new person, it can be a little bit more difficult. Now, I know years ago, there weren't, weren't any other options. You know, looking at like Stan and Barb, you guys probably grew up on the King James, and because there wasn't anything else out there, it just was what it was, so that's what you used. And that's great, you know? And again, I'll tell you in a moment what the best translation is to use, but uh, we're not quite there yet. Amen? But again... You've got all these various translations that you can look at side by side. And then we've got the biblehub.com. I, I love this website for studying. You know, because when you go in there, if you can look at the very top where it says like parallel sermons, you come over there to comment, there's various commentaries in there. And you got to be a little careful with commentaries because that, that's just a, a man's uh, ideas of, of what the Bible says 
But again, that's where you pray first and ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and insight. You know, then you've got the Hebrew, you've got the lexicon, and you've got Strong's. Strong's, when you click on that, that opens it up. You know, let's say that you're um, studying John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, you, you click on Strong's, and it'll, it'll have each of those words, and then you can click on those and see what they meant or were meaning in the original Greek, and that'll, that'll deepen that meaning. It'll, it'll let you know, hey, was this talking about Jesus the living word? Was it talking about the logos? Or was it talking the rhema? You know, and it'll, it'll teach you all that stuff. And again, if you're brand new, we just want to just get you reading the Bible. That, that's like step one. But again, as you go along, these resources are great to help you to get to that next level and things with that. So BibleHub.com, again, has the commentaries. It's got that Strong's Concordance right in there. It's got all the various translations in there as well. I like that where, where you can just see, you know, a lot of times I'll do that and I'll just, I'll just kind of skim through and, and see which one kind of, you know, makes the most sense with, with what it is that, that I'm trying to share. Amen? And the Holy Spirit's the one that's guiding you as long as you've prayed ahead of time, and he's going to teach you through all of that. And then finally, we've got something called the Blue Letter Bible. And I haven't used this as much. Uh, Trissa uses this all the time, blueletterbible.com. Tons of resources on there as well. So again, those are various resources that you can use digitally um, in, you know, in, in uh, paper form to study and whatnot. So We've got to pick a Bible here first, right? Over 70 of them that are options. The three different types of translations. The first type of translation is word for word, okay? So what word for word does is it gives us approximately one English word, you know, again, like the, the, the please and the por favor, right? So there's one English word or phrase for every word or phrase in the original language. So they're trying to match uh, English up with the Greek word for word as much as possible. They're trying to do the literal, you know, translation. And, and they're trying to most accurately follow, again, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, or the Greek. And, and some, some word for word Bibles are the King James Version, and, and 1611 is, was when that, that Bible was, was originally written. New King James Version, which is a little more modern day English, that's what I'll use a lot of times up here. You know, I'll study out of the King James, but then I'll put New King James because it's a little easier to read. Instead of thou, it says the, but they're not changing it much more than that for the most part. And then you've got NASB, the New American Standard Bible, and the ASV, which is American Standard Version. And again, you can see when all of those were, were originally you know, put into publication, um, but those are the word for word. And then the second type of translation you've got is meaning to meaning. They also call that thought for thought. Because again, when you're reading words, you're reading what somebody is thinking and, and so forth. Like if I wrote you a letter and I said, hey, this summer we went to, you know, out to Rapid City, and I'm, I'm just telling you about that. But then I start writing you something, you know, like when Melissa and I, when, when I was in prison in Florida, we wrote every day pretty much. And, and, you know, when you're writing a letter, you're really sharing what's on your heart. And, and it's really a good thing. It's unfortunate that we don't write letters anymore. Because again, you know, you're, you're just really sitting down, taking your time, you know, penning that out. And, and she was writing back to me as well, but, but she understood how, you know, I thought and I understood how she thought and that actually strengthened our relationship. And that came through words, right? And that, that's what this is. This is the written word, right? God's word here, that, that, that his thoughts come through this. But it's meaning to meaning, also thought to thought. And what this does is it examines a whole sentence, and then what they're doing is they're trying to do their best to move it over as an easily understood unit. 
Now, sometimes they do rearrange the order of the words so that it makes the most sense to, to us, a modern English speaker. And some people get up, bent out of shape by that or whatnot, but again, you can use translations just to compare them to one another, right? I'm not saying you go and, and build a doctrine off of a, of a thought to thought. You know, you want to build your doctrine off of more the, the word for word. But again, they're, they're going for the meaning, not necessarily the exact wording. That's the difference there. That's thought for thought, and some of the thought for thought Bibles are the NIV, the New International Version. That's what I actually started out on, New International Version. That was a study Bible, and it has some commentary on the bottom, and it, it really helped me out to, to get going to understand what, what uh, you know, God was saying in there and who Jesus was and, and to build a relationship with him. Then you've got the ESV. You've got the New Living Translation. And then you've got the REB, which is the Revised English Bible. I, don't, I haven't looked at all of these, but I'm just giving you some ideas here. But for my daily reading... When I typically read three chapters a day, I'll typically use the New Living Translation, okay, because it's a little easier to read and and whatnot, and and I'm not necessarily sitting there and and stopping a whole lot to look up words and and so forth, so that's what I'll use. And actually, Rick Renner actually said that that that's the one he uses a lot of times, and if if it's good enough for Rick Renner, it's good enough for me, amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. And then, and then finally, the paraphrase Bible. So again, we've got word for word, we've got thought for thought, and then finally we've got paraphrased. And what this does is it, it makes the Bible even easier to read in modern language. So they help you explain difficult words or phrases that would sound strange to the modern reader. And the message of the Bible can come alive in an entirely new way through the use of a paraphrase. Now the bad part of this is the person paraphrasing may not understand the correct meaning of a certain word or phrase, and as a result, they would insert something into the story that was not meant to be there originally. I don't think it's intentionally done, but again, this stuff is not easy. It takes a lot of time, a lot of resources. Um, you know, matter of fact, Rick Renner is actually, uh, right now he's writing the Renner interpretive version of, of his own Bible because he's a, a Hebrew and Greek scholar, you know, and he said the thing's going to be giant. Imagine that. But, you know, it's going to be giant because, you know, the Greek words are typically not word for word. It's typically a phrase or a thought. That's how the Greek language is in the original, is what, what he says. But some of these paraphrased Bibles are, are the Living Bible, the Amplified Classic. I really enjoy the Amplified Classic. It just really enhances or, or expands upon, you know, the, the basic text. The Amplified in 1987, uh, you know, they kind of redid that and, and went from classic to the regular Amplified. You've got the Message Translation. And then finally, you've got the Passion Translation. And again, I'm not going to start out there and, and build doctrine off of those versions. I'm going to use more of the word for word with, with that. And obviously, pastors have, have done the legwork with all of that. But again, these are Bibles that will, will help to expand that. And, and, and so forth. So which tra- translation is the best Bible? The one you read. Amen. The one that you're actually going to read. That's what the best translation is. You know, it's like in fitness. What's the best cardio? Is it elliptical or running or jogging or, or swimming or what, it, what is it? The one you hate the least is the one that's going to work best for you because you're actually going to do it. Because you can have, what did we talk about on, on, I think it was last Wednesday night, average household has nine Bibles but 11% of people actually read the Bible, right? That's a problem. So it's the one that you actually read is gonna be the best translation for you. What, what would I tell people to start out with? You know, again, probably a little easier, uh, you know, version, or maybe like I did, like, like 
a parallel Bible where you maybe have a King James or New King James on one side, and maybe it is a New Living or an Amplified on the other, so it amplifies what you're reading. But you just need to get in here to meet Jesus, to spend time with God. That's the goal. Amen? He wants to, God wants to have a relationship with you. That's it. You know, it'd be like if my wife and I, when we got married 20 plus years ago, if we, we walked away from, from there and never talked again, never built a relationship, very soon we'd be divorced as a result of that because we would have drifted apart rather than grown together. And we grow together by spending time with one another and, and talking to one another, sharing our thoughts and, and working through issues and whatnot. Amen. No issues on my part, of course. Amen? Amen? amen. Yeah. She didn't get an amen from me. First Corinthians chapter two, let's get into the, back into the Bible here before I get myself in trouble. So first thing we do is we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit who is the, the spirit of truth to teach us. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 13. We're gonna read this in three different versions. Go word for word, thought for thought, and then we're gonna go the paraphrased version. So King James first. It says, which things also we speak, not in the words in which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can we know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is, ju is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So like, you know, if you're just starting out and you're reading this, you've got to go very slow. And maybe have a dictionary with you to understand, you know, what's being, being spoken here. And that's okay. Okay? Now we take in, and we go on the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 2.13 again, and it says, listen to the, the different vernacular, the different words. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Verse 14, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. And that was said earlier, instead of people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God, God's Spirit, it said, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So it's, it's saying the same thing with different words. Amen? Verse 15, it says, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who, can, who, who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Have Amen. Christ. Having the mind of Christ is how we, we spiritually understand this. And, and really the step before this is, you got to be born again. Amen. Because the words that Jesus spoke, they were spirit, they were life and spirit, spirit and truth, right? And that's how they've got to be discerned is, is spiritually. And so, like myself, I, I, I tried reading the Bible at times, but I, I just couldn't understand it. And then when I got born again, really when it really blew up for me was when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's when it really was, was like it came alive to me even more. Amen? That's just my personal experience. Amen. Read it one more time in the Amplified Classic. See how it, it uses more words to explain what, what the original uh, thoughts were. But the natural, non-spiritual man, see it uses is more words, does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts 
and teachings and revelations. So it's, it's, it's expa- expanding on the one word there. It's gifts, teachings, and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly. That word folly means meaningless or nonsense, and that's right in there. So again, you don't have to go use a dictionary. It's, it's helping you out there. Uh, folly, folly to him, and he is incapable of knowing them. Here's what that means, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. But the spiritual man tries all things. He examines, investigates, inquires into, questions, and discerns all things. I say, you need to be curious. That's what he's saying here. You need to be curious and, and, and investigate. He tries all things. Yet is himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into him. For who has known or understand the mind or the counsels and purposes of the Lord? So as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. What are they saying? Who's going to give God knowledge? Right? He is knowledge. He knows everything. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows, he knows everything that has happened and, and will happen. Amen? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, and do hold the thoughts, the feelings, and purposes of his heart. So do you see the, we have the literal, then we have the thought for thought or, or phrase for phrase, and then we have the, the phraseology or the, the, the paraphrase one. Those three different ones, King James, New Living, and then Amplified Classic. And that's how you can go in there and look. Then we find a couple different uh, uh, scriptures, and you don't have to turn here, just look at them up here. John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus talking, he shall teach you all things. Who will teach you all things? The Holy Ghost, right? And bring all things to your remembrance, Whatsoever I have said unto you, because the Holy Spirit lives in you. So the Word of God is, is imprinted. It's, it's, it's written on your spirit, amen? As, when you read it, it, it gets imprinted in there. How many times have you been talking to somebody and, and something comes out and you're like, wow, where did that come from? I haven't thought about that in a long time. Or, or maybe you never had that thought before. That's the Holy Spirit. And it comes through spending time in the Bible and, and, and with God. Spending time in, in Proverbs gives you wisdom, to do business, to, to raise your kids, to, to do literally everything in life. It'll give you wisdom. If you read through that continually, you will be wise. Luke 24, 45, it says, And he opened, Jesus opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So we have two more scriptures there. What did we say earlier? Out of the mouth are two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. So we said, what do we do first? We, we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. So every, every time you get into the Bible, just, you know, it doesn't have to be this big, long prayer. It's just, God, I'm asking you to teach me. I want to learn your word. I want to get closer to you. Teach me from your word truths and insights. And he will. Amen? And that's what the Holy Spirit does. So various methods of study. Now, here's the first thing. If what you're doing is working, keep doing it. Okay, if, it's what, if what you're doing is working, just keep doing it. But you've got to have a plan, okay? They always say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So, you know, go out and find some sort of reading plan, or, or maybe it's, you know, a lot of people have, have mental issues nowadays. Psalms is a great place to go if you battle depression, anxiety, various things like that. The Psalms, read one Psalm a day. Just set that as something that you do. There's 150 of them. You know, you get through all of it in, 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 in about six months or so, right? 
You know, and then start with the book of John. That's where we typically tell, if I give somebody a, a, a Bible, a new person a Bible, I'll take and open that up to the book of John, and then I'll try to crease it there, and I'll just say, hey, this is where you need to start, because you're going you're gonna to learn more about Jesus in the book of John, okay? And then as you're reading, imagine that you're going to tell somebody one thing that you've learned, just one thing. Because so many times we want to get a checklist. Well, I read my three chapters or six chapters. I got behind, so I had to read 10 chapters. Then you just buzz through it and you get done and you don't even know what you read. So, you know, ask a couple questions. What did I learn? And then what do I need to do based on what I learned or or what I I now know? And that you're going to actually tell somebody that. And that's what what they're doing in youth with, with doing those Bible plans. And that's how they're holding one another accountable. Amen? Another thing that you can use, you know, for studying is this. If you're brand new, reading a chapter or two a day and then reading this every day of the month. You know, we, we actually do this in our, our devotionals. We have devotionals here as a staff, Monday morning, Thursday morning, and Friday morning. And we go through this. We read it. It's a thought. We, we read the, uh, the scripture that's in there and then we might talk about it for a few minutes. That creates unity among the, the team. Amen. Amen. And it also starts our day off with putting the word of God in. Amen. And that's, that's a good thing to do putting that devotional in there. A um, couple other things, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip through some of these pretty quick, but I think this is a great, this Sparkling Gems by, by Rick Renner. This is, it's, it looks overwhelming, but you know, maybe it takes 10, 15 minutes to read a devotional there, and, and he's gonna give you insight from the original Hebrew or Greek based on the text that he's using there. And this is something that, that we've done over the years. And I, as I picked it up, I was like, man, this is something I need to go back through. It's a great devotional to use that's also a study Amen. that'll help you to, to, to bring the word of God you know, to life and, and, and teach you stuff. Um, you know, I already talked about studying by topic, you know, using the Bible app or biblestudytools.com is another great way to do that. Last thing, I'm gonna give you a few tips. I already talked about prayer. That's the first thing you need to do is pray and, and ask the Holy Spirit for help. Then if you're, you're studying individual scriptures, so 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So let's say that this is the scripture that, that you want to learn more about. Okay, first thing you're going to do is just read each, each of those words really slow. Then I would take and I'd look at them in, in different translations. That's what I New Living and, and the Amplified, and I'd, I'd just see what those say about them. And, and then I'd take and I'd write out any words that I want to understand a little bit more. A word that pops out to me right away is the word scripture. I go, okay, what, what was he talking about here? Well, I know this. Second Timothy was written, it's one of the youngest chapter, or one of the newest books of the Bible, so I know scripture, he's talking about, you know, a lot of the scriptures. It's not just talking about, you know, certain scriptures only. So it's like, that's what you can go in and, and you start studying that out. You start meditating. You start thinking on it, chewing it out or chewing it over. Inspiration of God, profitable, doctrine, reproof. I'm going to go look up all of those words and see what those words mean. And I'm going to, I'm going to write it out. You know, man of God, does that mean a pastor or, or an apostle or an evangelist only? And the answer is no. It means anybody that's a Christian. But again, when you see man of God, that's what you sometimes think with those word choices. So you think, man, this doesn't apply to me, but it actually does. Amen? And then I'm going to look for more information, which I'm going to typically go on biblehub.com and kind of click around in there and, and see what maybe some of the commentaries say about that. And that's how you study and learn. 
and you chew on it, and the Holy Spirit will teach you through that. And that's how the Word of God goes in you, and it begins, again, pushing all the other stuff out that was in there before and, and renews your mind. And I would tell you to commit some scripture to memory. How do you do that? Maybe writing it on a note card or, or having that as a screensaver. Maybe it's, you know, three no- notifications a day where morning you read through it and then at noon you, you read back through it again and then at night you read back through it. You do that for seven days and you'll have that. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for repro- You'll just get a rhythm and you'll have that in there. I find for me, King James is the easiest one to memorize for whatever reason. Amen? And then you write down maybe what God's telling you, and then finally you do what he's telling you to do. Amen? So that's, I know that's kind of a, a quick overview or a broad overview of how to do it. Now, if you're at a higher level, and again, what you're doing is working, keep doing it. You know, I asked Tony before this, I said, what do you do for study? And he goes, you know, I, he, he shared some things, but if what he's doing is working, that's totally fine. You don't have to do it this way. But again, if you haven't done anything, just start reading your Bible. That's the number one thing. It will change you. I promise you that. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 930, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.